For scripture reading will be again in chapter 13, the love chapter. This will conclude our series on verses 4 through 7. We're actually in the Lenten season, as they would say. Um, Easter comes the end of March. But we want to conclude this, uh, this passage on love. We've been speaking to you over the last few weeks and, you know, on these passages, and, and we will re- re- read the entire passage again. Um, but we're going to conclude, and we're going to cover both the 6 and 7 today to conclude this series on love. So let's read together 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, seeks no evil, does not not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So again, we're going to focus on verses 6 and 7. Now we have in this passage where we have, and I want you to think of this as we prepare to go into verse 6. It's kind of like the Ten Commandments, and we covered this on our Wednesday night gathering a week or two ago. We have these boundaries that love is, and then love is not. He gives us those boundaries. Because some people, if you, only, if you don't have the boundaries, they'll go to the extreme versus it being bounds. In verse 6, it says, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. So you find this does not do this, but it does do that. When we look at the passage of Scripture, it talks about does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. As I read different commentaries and thought through this passage, trying to get a grasp of it, what does it mean that love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth? And it kind of came as I was reading through some of the various commentaries and, and uh, pondering on this. Does not rejoice in iniquity, rejoices in the truth. Does not rejoice in the expansion of evil. Doesn't rejoice in there being more evil. It doesn't rejoice in evil or the more evil. Doesn't re- it rejoices in there being truth and truth prevailing. You don't want iniquity, sin, to prevail. And so, I was, how do we illustrate that? How do we understand that? And the only thing I can think about is if you were in a city or a location, and maybe you have this experience, I don't know, but there's some kind of gang or that's present, it's terrorizing the community or something. 
And this might be an extreme example, but I just trying to get my hands around it, uh, get our heads around it. Another gang comes in and wipes them out or punishes them or injures them in some way. And you might think to yourself, wow, this is great. Finally, this gang that's terrorized our community is gone. But to what benefit is that? Because the evil of one gang to overcome the evil of another gang, evil has prepared, prevailed, and so why would I be happy about that? Because I've just re- exchanged one evil. I've exchanged the evil that I know for the evil that I don't know. But in contrast, it says rejoices in the truth. I want more truth. Makes us think of the ends justifying the means. I should not want more evil. in order to get the desired end that I want. We see this a lot, it seems, in politics. We see it in our desire to win at all costs. Whatever the means might be, but I should not be rejoicing that it came through injustice, through iniquity. There are many that seem that the ends justify the means, whatever it takes. Rejoice is not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. We want truth to be expanded and Truth leads to justice. But depicting one evil for another. Today, we hear things like inequality. We hear things like Racism, we hear things about a lot of things. And some would support more racism to overcome their racism. If you've been discriminated against, the solution is not, we should not rejoice in more discrimination to counter 
the previous discrimination. Neither are correct. We should not rejoice in the iniquity. So those that would even maybe preach or teach in a church setting that the way we balance the scale is if this type of people have done wrong, then they need to have wrong done to them in the same proportion. And maybe this group of people have been done wrong, but the people that they would impose the same racism in have maybe done nothing wrong. So it's an expansion of evil, of a lack of truth. Scripture does say that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And he has placed governments in places to take care of some of those things. But you see what I'm talking about. You murder one of my people, I'm indiscriminately going to murder one of your people. I'm not, I'm not so concerned about finding justice for the one that caused the evil, I'm just going to take it out on somebody from that same group. We don't want to re be in rejoicing that evil has expanded. We would prefer that truth expands. And the more truth, the more openness, then we gain and then we align towards justice. Some like to put words around justice to make it their type of brand of justice, but justice should prevail out of truth. So we should not be rejoicing in the expansion of iniquity so that our enemies get their just desserts through unjust, corrupt, or evil ways. We don't want evil to expand because the evil on this side is to benefit me makes it okay. So we should not be celebrating and evil but rejoice in the, the truth, the expansion of truth. There are ways to correct things in the proper way. Things that, it's a prudent way. We've talked about love is not unseemly or rude and So we should not be celebrating in the injustice and more evil because it benefits me. But we should celebrate in the expansion of truth. The ends do not justify the means. How can unholy acts become holy? because they have the desired result. 
As we carry on in verse 7, it says, Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Bears, believes, hopes, endures. As we talk about love and some of these feelings we have, uh, we talk about feelings, and we've talked about it's not just an emotion, it's something deeper. We get into areas that make us really ponder and make us really think, and it can be a challenge to figure out how to, how to apply these things. But it says, bears all things. Bears all things. It carries all things. As we look through the Word, and I was looking through this concept, and people have different views on maybe on how this brings itself out as it bears all things, it carries all things, it... You know, if someone does or makes a mistake, we talked about this a little bit before, we might be able to bear that mistake and kind of put up with it a little bit and carry it. In some ways, it's kind of a summary of what we've said in the previous few messages is this, I bear with it. I don't have to, and some others look at it from the concept, I don't have to take it and blab it to everyone. If I have an enemy at work or school or whatever the case might be, that I bear a little bit of their Personal issues, I have to be careful that I'm not so quick to blab it to their injury. I can carry it a little bit. And, and uh, it says, believes all things, has faith in. You tend to give them the benefit of the doubt. Give them credit that they're going in the right direction. And it hopes all things. It's hoping and it's expecting. It's this hopeful expecting. And we're talking about relationships. So it's, it's bearing, subbing the grievances. Maybe they're doing, and it, it believes well, gives them the benefits of the doubt. It's hoping, it's hoping all things, it's hoping for the best, expecting the best, and then it endures. It's that enduring love that stays around, that stays around. Now, I want to give you a concept, I want you to chew on this a little bit. What did we talk about? Bears all things, carries it, puts up with it, believes all things. Benefit of the gap out, 
hoping, expecting. And enduring love. It stays around. I want you to think about, you kind of combine all those things together. Can you think about a group of people or a status of people that seem to be able to, oh, it's okay. They'll say things, oh, it's okay. You know, an individual does something and they're like, uh, well, they tend to, they're a little, they're extra long suffering against this other set of people. And it's, they give them the benefit, they, you know, they didn't mean anything by it, they're really, and, you know, they're just going to do so great. They're going to do so great in life. And it's an enduring love. It's, there's nothing going to break it. It's just going to constantly be there. It's those people that you go to and they're just always happy to see you. They cut you a break all the time. They always think you're probably going to do the best. They always hope things are going to work out for you. And you, they, you like to, they, they know that you're always going to be around for them. Isn't that, there's some grandparents that are kind of like that. You ever see grandparents, Johnny or Susie or whoever, they're going along and it's like, oh, it's okay. I can deal with that. Of course, they also know that they're going to give them back in a few hours or a day. But you always expect that they're, whatever they're doing, they don't mean anything by it. You always, you're expecting the best out of them. It's the grandparents you go to and they're always smiling, happy to see, oh, it's okay. Uh, grandma, grandpa, or mamma, papa, whatever. I, I shouldn't know. Yeah, I know, but it'll work out. It'll be all right. You're just such a, you know, and you just feel the love, right? They always think that you're going to do, they always think, they always think better. Maybe you, of even what you think of yourself, they always think they have that better, forgiving, accepting, and they just hope, oh, it's going to work out. It's great, and they're just hoping their best, and they're not going anywhere. They're not going anywhere. Now some grandparents can kind of get that out of whack and they, they may over rejoice too much in the, the uh, mischievousness of the child and they aren't really dealing with the truth that, that needs to be taken care of or it gets really bad. You get my concept there. But it's that concept of, you ever run into those people and they seem like they're the grandma for everybody? They're the grandma for the everybody? Anybody that they walk up to, I have somebody in my mind, I remember growing, when I was uh, maybe a teenager in church, I, I, I could see her, um, but I can't remember her name right off the bat, but you walked up to her, she's the kind of person that's just like, wow. You just could feel the love. You know, I remember that she's the type of person that she was, Witnessing to the people in the, in the squad as they're taking me to the hospital. It's the kind of person that you feel guilty, you know. They're, they're just showing the love and tolerance and all those kinds of things. And, and uh, you want to do a good job for them because they don't demand it. But they sure deserve it. But it's that kind of... Love. 
bears all things, there's no way you're going to get rid of them. No way. And you know that. It's an enduring love. It bears all things. They don't, they just, they just want you around. They're going to bear up with all that. And they hope the best. They hope the best for, and they're expecting. They're expecting. They know that, they know that it's going to, you're going to kind of be that way, but, and they hope for you, and, and you get that sense Kind of like a grandparent's love. Now, like I said, grandparents, we can allow for anything. But it's that acceptance of the individual, even though you may or may not condone with what they're doing. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. You know, that's, that's kind of a hard and heavy lift. When you think about all the different people that you come in contact with. And this kind of love, I don't know that you can just go buy somewhere, you know what I mean? You just can't, you know, I think I'm going to work on my love. I'm just going to, I'm just going to have this kind of love. In scripture it says, love the Lord your God with all and then your neighbor as yourself. I kind of, I tend to believe that that means we need to have a right relationship with God before we can have a right relationship with those around us. And I don't know if this kind of love I don't think this kind of love just comes innately to us that we're born that way. You know, it's one thing for grandparents to have that kind of love for their grandchildren, but it's another thing to have that kind of love for your neighbor or those that you come and, you know, just having that kind of love. How do you balance that out? And how do you deal with that? We need God's help. We need God's help. So you might be thinking and contemplating where this love is difficult for you. That's a healthy thing. Say, Lord, maybe I need some help with so-and-so, or maybe the way I conduct myself, or maybe the way I talk out of turn, or maybe where I celebrate iniquity because it was to my be benefit. I celebrate evil. I celebrate injustice because it was to my benefit. So I want to exchange to get my justice. I want injustice. See, that doesn't fit with the the truth, that balance. We've studied the last few weeks about love, and as we kind of summarize it up today, we'll cheat a little bit 
in verse 8 it says, love never fails. The God kind of love is just going to be around. So what I want to do is, is uh, if we could go back to verse 4 through 7. And as we read those passages of Scripture, I want you to think about over the last few weeks if we've talked about love, and I want you to think about and be reminded of the things where the Holy Spirit pricked your mind, pricked your heart, says, yes, remember, I want you to work on that one. I'm just going to read the, carefully read through the Scripture and allow the Holy Spirit to direct you, to teach, to instruct. And remember this love that we're talking about is based on this word agape, and we defined it, that to you as a positional love, that's first love, or having that kind of love for God. And in some ways this helps us to understand the kind of love we should have for God and the kind of love that God has for us and the kind of love we should have for others. First Corinthians 13, verse 4. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. Is not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked. Thinks no evil. Remember that one? We have the translator's notes. It could also mean which keeps no account of evil. Verse 6, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And just the first part of verse 8, love never fails. So as you consider love, having just come through Valentine's Day, or as you consider for God so loved the world and we look forward to Easter, what is it that God has, the Holy Spirit has put his finger on? This is the one I want. These are the ones I want you to make some corrections on, to make some adjustments on, to do better on. May the Lord remind you of that as you encounter people throughout the week, people that are unkind and people that 
do things that are difficult. But especially may we be reminded of these things in our attitude toward God. Do we bear all things? Do we trust that God has the best out for us in the long run? Do you ever find yourself saying, why this, God? Remember, he loves you. Maybe you should give him the benefit of the doubt. But we should, especially, endeavor in our relationships with our loved ones, with the relationship with our family, relations with our spouses, work on these things. And allow them then that they will permeate out to others. It would be a shame for us to show this kind of love for those outside and not for those, that kind of love for those that are closest. They say sometimes we're the hardest on the ones we love. Maybe we should work on that. So as you consider love and as we consider and move into Easter, may the Lord guide us in how we would have us respond. Let's be standing together. Lord, we thank you for these lessons on love. I pray that you would take the jumblings of my and mumblings of my mouth and find and direct some clarity through them and that your Holy Spirit would prevail. That what we hear and take with us, we would be reminded of at the right points, at the right times, and in our responses, maybe check our spirit, help us to be open to that guiding, that directing. If, if there's something we need to take corrective action in today, this morning, that we would not lack in our response, that we would not wait until the feeling goes away, but that we might take action. Help us, Lord, to be obedient to you in that. Just guide and direct us, we pray in Jesus' name.